Welcome to the Real Turf Techs Podcast for the technician that wants to get real. Follow along as we talk to industry professionals and address hot topics that we all face. Along the way, we'll learn tips and tricks. I'm your host, Trent Manning. Let's have some fun. Welcome to episode two of the Real Turf Techs Podcast. Today, we're here with J.R. Wilson. He's the equipment manager at Noyak Golf Club. Noyak is an 18-hole high-end golf course on the east end of Long Island. JR has one full-time technician working for him and a part-time intern in the summertime. Let's get right into this. Welcome, JR. Wow, thank you. How are you? How you doing? I'm Everything doing good, good, man. I appreciate you coming out. Great, great. Yep, well, no. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. And this is a sound. I always like to do these kind of things. So it's a great thing. So. No, we're going to have a lot of fun today. Um, so first question is... Uh, how did you get started in the turf industry? Um, it, it goes back a long ways. Uh, out here on the East End, we're surrounded by water. So at first I started working on boats and I was working on boats for a while. I went to school at um, Ward Tech. It's a BOCES program and it was small engineer marine. So I did that for about six years or so. And I turned like 22 years old. Um, my best friend, John Claflin, he, uh, his parents were a member at a nine hole course in South and that's called South Fork country club out mm-hmm. on the, at the East end down at about close to Montauk. And, um, so I went for the job and the first time I went for it, I didn't get it. And I was like, ah, I was bummed. So I was like, I went for it again because the technician they hired left and I actually got it. And, um, that was the start started at South Fork country club. It was a nine hole mom and pop club. It was just got me going. You know, I was the irrigation right, right. tech. It was the irrigation tech. I was the, uh, basically I turned a wrench. I cut a section. So I cut greens mm-hmm. and I, um, and I had to cut IR in the afternoon. So the intermediate around. Yeah, the yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. 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 And then, um, at that point it actually turned into, um, two years into the job, they did a nine hole grow in. And we turned okay. it into an, eight, an 18 hole golf course yep. at that point. And then from that point, I went um, from there. I left there after the, then we turned it into an 18 and the bridge golf course down the road from my house. It was a racetrack. And uh, we brought that and we built a 18 hole high end golf course there. And then 2004, I left and I went to Noyak golf club and haven't left since I've been loved it. It's oh, wow. About so you, you've it. been yeah. there for quite a while. Yeah. Yep. That's yep. awesome. So. That's good. What kind of racetrack? It was, uh, um, actually they did one of the first NASCAR races there, believe it or not back in the day, but it okay. was, uh, um, it was an, it wasn't an oval. It was a, uh, it went all over and, uh, it was, uh, it's actually, it was a really shame when they closed it down, but because of, everything in the noise pollution they didn't like it anymore so yeah, they, got yeah, rid of yeah. it. they got rid of it so and he built a golf course i don't we got a down the road from me a dirt track course that i think or course um a dirt track uh and i think it's three-eighths of a mile and there it was started in the 70s and they're grandfathered in and uh, you know now it's just blown up it was the middle of nowhere right 70s right now it's blown up so everybody complains about it but since they're grandfathered in they can keep making their noise pollution yeah he, they they didn't they didn't get it grandfathered in here i wish they would have and i wish they would have had the the site to build the track 
keep the track and build yeah, the car yeah. course through it. I mean, there is parts of it of the track still left. It's mm-hmm. like when you drive in the entrance, it's there, you know, uh, the yeah. track, you drive up the track and it's cool, but they didn't like in some of the holes, like there was this one place that was called echo Valley and it was just a really cool area. Uh-huh. And it would have been like really cool to keep the hole with the, with the track in it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. That would be neat. Could you kind of walk us through your daily shop routine? Basically I get in around five in the morning. Um, the guys are just getting ready to go out. They get to their greens. Um, we usually hand cut or we triplex depending on how we go. Mm-hmm. We have the flex um, machine, the uh, triflex all electric lithium. So it's really nice. And it actually cuts almost as good as a hand mower. I think it almost cuts better now. Mm-hmm. So we use that. And then just for traffic every once in a while, we switch to hand mowers and actually we went with the lithium ones this year. So it's going to be interesting to see how they work. So, they Toro? Um, so Toro. Yeah. So yeah. when we go out, we, uh, the guys head out, I do a full loop of the course with them. I work with them for a while. I check the mowers. I check the cut. I check the spray rigs. I check kind of everything that we have out that day. So right. if it's fairways or tees or whatever, um, I go out and, um, from that point on, I come in and um, I sit down and I kind of set a schedule for my assistant. So he knows what he's got to do for out throughout the afternoon to get the machines ready and what we're doing for grinding or whatever. And then um, at that point, then I get into something that's usually broken that nobody can really get going. So right, I right, get right. into that and get that going. And then usually the superintendent comes in and I get pulled off of something and we do another loop with him. And, um, to talk about what we're going to do for the next day. And then it kind of goes from there and it just, you know, that's kind of how it rolls. Um, when you go out riding around in the morning, are you by yourself and your technicians in the shop? Um, it depends. I I try to get him out once, uh, once or twice a week Mm -hmm. just to bring him out to catch everything, to see what's going on. But, um, usually it's usually I meet him up because there's a radio call because something, you know, how Murphy strikes, you know, oh, yeah, always yeah. something yep. that something little or something happens or a, a pin or a screw or mm. something, you know, so we, we always, you know, he's usually comes out and I call him and say, Oh, we got this. I do have a cart with a toolbox on it so I can handle most of the stuff that we okay. do. Um, but you know, heavy stuff or whatever, you know, are you using any kind of software, any kind of that stuff, keeping up, with I, your I mean, I, 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 try to, um, I, I was using, um, the Toro, you know, my turf, smart, my, my turf and mm-hmm. my, you know, part smart. I was using back in the day. Um, I'm, I'm not sold on it. It doesn't work that great for me. And I've seen, I saw some stuff while well, you brought up that in your class the other day when you were teaching, um, tricks, tricks of the trade, whatever that yeah, was yeah, yeah. You know, yep. tips and tricks. And you had that software. So I was actually going to reach out to you. I just haven't had a chance to. Yeah. So, no, and I'll be, was, I'm yeah. definitely willing to share yeah, any of that stuff. In that. that was uh, pretty neat how that was working. So, but I do take records. We do write everything down. Um, we have a, we're lucky. We have a secretary in the office too. So I get to talk. Yeah, to her nice. she, she, she writes the stuff down for us. Mm-hmm. So I can kind of dictate and stuff as I'm working. So it's nice to be able to, to get, so all the stuff has records, but depends right, right, sometimes right. it goes through yeah. her or me, depending on how. Well, and just remember on the Real Turf Text podcast, nobody gets judged. <laughs> okay. <That's awesome. laughs> yeah, nobody's getting judged. Yeah, no, we, we're very lucky that we have a secretary in the 
for the superintendent and she kind of helps us all out the assistance and everything she does the billing and stuff like that for us to, to that's so awesome if I have an issue i can go to her and say how i got I, how much this and that and you know so that's awesome keeps everything going real smooth um tell me what you've fabricated lately um, and then this, this needs to be really good because uh, I know you have a lathe and a milling machine. Yeah. I, so I, I want to hear some good stuff here. Uh, my, my biggest one that I'm working on right now is, um, sub airs. So I don't know. Okay. Uh, I've built in-house sub airs basically from scratch from mm -hmm. the impeller all the way up to the, basically the only thing I'm buying is a motor and a VFD. Wow. And we're, we're building them from scratch and putting them in the ground. We have two in the ground. And um, they made a huge difference last year. So they, they, they asked me to build three more. So mm -hmm. I'm building three more this year. And then we'll probably do another three the next. So that keeps me busy doing that sure. sub air systems. Um, we're, I'm doing it. Look, the cost in-house for me to build it is about, with it being installed, is about $9,000. And uh, if you were going to have one put in, I think Atlantic had one put in and they cost them like 36000 so oh, wow. trying to do okay. it i'm doing it for almost pennies on the dollar so oh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah so that's, does that that's nine thousand does that include your labor that includes everything that's okay. all in wow. everything turnkey awesome. once it's done with wiring because mm -hmm. i wire everything in-house we do all the wiring we run the wires and the because we had we had 22 fans at one time uh, uh -huh. on the course and um so i had i have 16 fans left we got rid of some but now the sub airs are taking over for the fans oh i got you yeah. so you're using it not necessarily to remove water or moisture it's just airflow um we're using it for if we get a heavy rain we turn them on and mm -hmm. uh, we started with our wettest greens so a backstory was is that our greens were um push-up greens and they were built in the 60s and oh. the company who built them were basically um the course was built like in 90 days, you know, they called them oh, the yeah, yeah. wonders and uh, <laughs> there was, we had stumps, we had rocks in our greens. So when you went to cut a cup, you pulled out a rock or you could pull out a piece of a stump or a piece of wood or something wow. like that. So things just didn't really grow that well. So over the last six years, we've actually changed them all over to USGA. Mm -hmm. So once we did that, everything's been really good, but we still have some wet areas because of trees and the stuff that we can't do with it. So we, put in the sub airs and we actually pull on them to pull the water and it makes a huge difference it's like when it rains and you turn that machine on you can watch the water get sucked down and then you go to the outlet where it's going and it's got a little flapper on it and it's almost like you flush in a toilet bowl it, it wow. pulls 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 and then all of a sudden you'll see the flapper and it'll go boom and it'll wide open and it pours <laughs> water out and then it closes back down again so it's okay pretty, it's pretty neat. neat and i actually the the reason i put the vfd in is because we can we um with the vfd i can spin it up and down and then i double valve them so i have two like y valves almost like a you know for um like a muffler system and okay. i can turn those valves and i can turn it to make it so it blows so if we have a at time when it's um cold yeah i mean really warm mm -hmm. um we actually switch them and we blow air up into the greens and it makes like little pinholes and it actually helps and uh this year we did a test. It was 96 degrees outside and uh, where it was blowing out the air from in the system where the vent is, it was 77. Oh, so wow. 
it, it acts like a basement. You know, I don't know. We, we have yeah, basements. Yeah, yeah. Here, yeah, so yeah. the basement, some places don't have basements like Florida and that. So they don't understand. But the basement is like a wine cellar almost. And it acts like a, that's how it acts like. It actually cools. You know, like if you go down into your basement here in the summer, it's always 20 degrees colder right, right. because you're down below ground, you mm-hmm. know? So yeah, it kind of acts. That's how it acts. That's one of, that's one of the big ones I've done. Um, you know, the other things we're always fabricating everything. I, I was playing with um, a forge. I've built a forge to be mm-hmm. able to do some tines. Um, and then I'm always playing with my lathe building stuff. It seems like always something, something yeah, yeah. comes up and it's a lot easier sometimes just to build it and go with so it. So what, what are you building with your forge? Um, well, solid tines for the vertedrine because they're so expensive and our, our, our fairways are like rock, you know, it's rock. And it's weird that you would think that out on Long Island, but there's like rocks and stumps and all kinds of stuff because it was like, it was a forest and they just came through and they cut everything down and mm-hmm. they kind of like pushed it to the sides and the fairways are kind of like not, weren't really great. It was back in the sixties when everything was done really cheap. So when we go in, we bend tines left and right. Anytime you put in that machine, it, it yeah. tweaks. So instead of buying $10 tines, I'm buying cold rolled steel and we're cutting it in lengths. And then I put it in the forge and I heat it up to harden it off a little bit to make it. So it's uh, a little bit harder. So it lasts a little longer. How are you making the points on it? I have a um, bandsaw and I cut on an, I cut lengths at two of them at a full length. So I'm say I'm doing 11 inches. That's what we found was a really nice area. What we're doing is so we're cutting them at 11 inches, but I cut them at 22 inches. And then mm-hmm. I, I cut a bunch of those and then, in the middle of it, I take it and I 45 it okay, and, I I got you. Saw on, and it puts the, the, the 45 in it and it runs and that's how it works. It works pretty good. So what temperature do you heat it up to? And do you, um, what, why well, I, you know, I, I'm not the best at this yet. I've been, I think I'm more sought taught from the TV. Well, no, that's fine. I'm yeah, just curious. Before. No, no, no. And so what I do is how I do it is to judge it is, is I get it hot enough. So when you pull it out, they say if you take a magnet and you touch the magnet to it and it's not magnetic, it it no, that's the temperature it's supposed to be at. So oh, once okay. it hits in the magnet, either, there's no magnetic field in the metal. You mm-hmm. take it and then you quench it and you put it in the quench. Okay. So You're I just use, quenching uh, in water. I use thirty weight oil and okay. I used water. It 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 seems to work either way. The, the cold rolled kind of really likes the water more than the the 30 weight but i had the 30 weight so i used it and gotcha. i made like a tall kind of quench tank you know just drop it in that's awesome my, my goal was is to um teach my kids how to do uh some forging just that they got some old school technology of banging a hammer yeah, and, yeah, yeah. you know yeah, and they, sure. we actually did a with the family went and did a class at a forge one time oh so, that's awesome and I, I built it for kind of that and stuff like that so so is it a propane forge yeah propane i built it um we had an old pipe in the uh in the shop uh, it was laying around down in the pump house it was mm-hmm. probably like uh four foot long so i took it and i cut it to about three and a half feet and then um i cut three holes in it and made it so i could put three uh three burners mm-hmm. and then i took it and i wrapped inside with uh the the wool yeah, and yeah. then i cemented the whole thing and then i put a plate inside and then put the fire bricks in there and then re-cemented the fire bricks. And then that's what I'm using. And then you that's put it awesome. in there. And it, yeah, it works good. And yeah. I, I, I mean, it cost me like 
$250, I think, with everything yeah, yeah. in because of basically the pipe and all that stuff was there. And it was just getting the, you know, the mix and stuff like that, the cement mix. You had to use a special uh, heated mix for the, um, like, uh, for fireplaces. Right, right, right. Yeah. No, that's awesome. So a little backstory on me. A good friend of mine um, is a blacksmith. And um, I was working this job. I was actually building the sports fields. And one winter we were kind of slow and he had a big job for the Arthur Blank Foundation. Um, so Arthur Blank's the guy that owns the Atlanta Falcons. Mm-hmm, yep. And uh, he was one of the starters of Home Depot. So anyway, he built this foundation um, to give money away as a four-story building. And uh, the handrail that we built went from his office to his penthouse. And it was 37 feet long. And there was more machining involved in it than actual forging. But just spending six months with this dude at his blacksmith shop, I learned more about metalworking than I thought possible. So tell me what your favorite tool is and why. Uh, my favorite tool is, it's, that's a hard question because uh, I'm a tool junkie. I think mm-hmm. I'm more tool junkie than most. People like to collect fancy cars. People like to collect different things. I like to collect tools. So I have old bridge ports. I have lathes. I have, you know, I have all kinds of things. Um, but I, I think I go back to my my pair of pliers that I carry every day. There you go. Effects. And I yep. carry them every day, everywhere I go, anywhere I go, I always have a pair of pliers on me. doesn't matter if I'm in a church, doesn't matter if I'm in a wedding, doesn't matter anywhere. I always have a pair of pliers on me, usually a pair of pliers and a pocket knife um, yep. and, a, and a little flashlight. But my pair of pliers, they get me out of so many problems and so many little troubles when, uh, I'm, you know, when you're in doing stuff. And I, I would say that's my favorite tool. Oh, I, hands down. Um I actually carry uh, an adjustable wrench, a little adjustable wrench in my pocket. I'll dig it out and show it to you in a minute. And I I wish everybody listening could uh, watch this live and get to see exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, Uh, no, uh, it's a nitpick pair of pliers. And the funny thing is, is that I started um, with these. I started using them because they're really handy. I actually used to carry a pair of snap-on little pliers, regular pliers, not water pumps. These are water mm-hmm. pumps that they used to be a regular little plier and, and Snap-on stopped making them. Oh. So I have one pair left that's like hidden that nobody can touch. Yeah, I see that adjustable. Yeah, and then uh, and then that's what I switched to these and I got a bunch of people and uh, every assistant that I bring in gets a pair and any assistant that the superintendent brings in, they get a pair. Okay. Awesome. And, uh, they, they keep the pair in their pocket. And then I, during the, the summer I ask and I'll have my pair on me, but I'll always ask the guy if he's around me, I'm like, Oh, do you have that pair of pliers? And I've had two golf course assistants actually hand me a pair of pliers. That's well, awesome. And, yeah. Two guys that, uh, yep. one that we have right now and, um, Thomas, he's a great guy. Uh, he had his on him and there was a, Jack, he back in the day, he was an intern and he had his on him. So it was, it's funny. It's like a little right, test right. they do. To yeah, see yeah. How they can no, that's awesome. Things going on, you know, uh-huh. the director of agronomy I worked for. Um, and I don't remember the whole story, but somebody gave him a Swiss army pocket knife, like right when he was getting into the business and he still carries it, you know, every day. Right. Yeah. And he, he hadn't checked moisture on a green and I don't know how long, 
but he still has it just in case. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. That's uh it's and I don't like know, you know, in you 30 years, there's no telling how many he went through, but right, right. Still has right. a Swiss Army knife. What kind of side projects or hustles you got going on? I kind of got a lot of things going on. I, I think I have too many uh irons in the fire at points. Uh right now I'm trying to build a garage at my house. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in the process of doing that. It's been a 20 year lifetime kind of thing I've wanted since we moved here. Um, and, um, right now I have a foundation and, uh, it snowed. So now I'm kind of not, uh, able to do anything, but that's my first side thing. And then, um, I have the fire department gig that, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm rescue crew chief of the Harbor fire department. Um, and, uh, that takes up some time. Is it all volunteer? Um, it's or? all volunteer. Yeah. We have okay. 160 guys that are volunteers. Awesome. And, uh, you know, when the tones go off, we go and do what we got to do. Right. So um, awesome. I got that going on. And then I always have, um, I have robotics too now because my son, we started when he was in eighth grade and he's actually a senior this year. So mm-hmm. um, uh, I actually helped mentor the kids in robotics and that's That's where i was tonight i was working with the kids actually we were using the cnc machine a little bit cutting out some um arrows for direction signs for the golf course uh, because uh we do some stuff back and forth with each other so you know this is things that i have and they you know so it's it's nice it works out so it's a cool thing so um tell me about your the cnc you're talking about it's a woodworking cnc yeah it's a woodworking um it's a shop bot it's um the one that we have at the school um they were lucky to get one it's uh eight by eight foot by um four foot mm. it's a, it's a full sheet of plywood right, right so um we've uh used it for a bunch of different things you know um my son he's really deep into the uh coding he actually got to, he's going to go we don't know we got accepted to plattsburgh right now it's his number two school for technology robotics technology so uh for building robots so we're going to see if he gets to go there or not but uh that's awesome that's, he's got one more school maybe he wants to go to but we'll see how you know how it goes but he's really we're really excited for it so he's the main guy behind it to help me um you know, I know speeds and speeds and I know how to do the stuff but he's mm-hmm. good at taking the copy and putting it in and, and writing the g code and taking it from G code and putting it in and, um, you know, thumb driving it and, um, making it work. So basically as a team, we've started out the, there was a teacher there that was at the school and he brought the machine in and then the next year he left. So the machine sat there and nobody knew how to use it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Oh, well, I can get it running. Can we play with it? And they were like, sure, you can do whatever you want. So the little awesome. box team kind of took it over and, um, since then we we made half of a robot with it we cut aluminum with it we've kind of done a little bit of everything you know you just get your speeds right and you get you know you can use the spindle and get a, a aluminum cutter and it cuts aluminum incredible oh that's awesome we I'm use it for to... plastic we've cut that the, the um the arrows that i cut today we actually cut out of plastic we used like a delron a white delron and mm-hmm. uh, it cut it beautiful with the, the spin we just gotta get like i said it's all about you know getting your speeds and your feeds right and right, you get right, that right. right you're in good shape you know i know you have something you play yeah are you using like o flute o flute bit or something like that yeah well for the aluminum i use like an o flute bit it's like a just a single flute that you know for yeah. the aluminum. Yep. and then for the uh plastic and that i'm using a double flute okay so, yeah i yeah. got you 
Um, I don't, yeah, I don't, I had a guy, um, he was at another golf course and he was cutting some plastic and, uh, I, he, I think he had all his speeds and feeds messed up. Yeah. I mean, you melt the plastic or melt the bit, you know, and certain plastics, of course, you know, McMaster is my friend. It's, you know, you go on McMaster website and they got everything you need. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're the best. You know, you can yep. go in there. My, mine's a little different. I don't get it in 12 hours, but I get it in about 24 hours usually, you know, so if you order it and usually it'll come, you know, the next day, I don't, I don't get it that day. Right. Cause it's not like a Napa for us. We we're kind of out, even though we're, we're way wealthy area and everybody's like, Oh, you live in the East end. Mm-hmm. We don't have anything like that. There's not that, you know, the, the nearest true area is about half an hour away from us believe it or not we have a, a wow. walmart that's like closing and we have like a little shopping center with a king cullen and that but then everything is in riverhead and that's like 45 minutes away for us to go to get stuff you know so if you want right, to, right, right, right. we call it the big city you know we're <laughs> <laughs> out here we're kind of like we're you know really uh backwoods kind of thing so it's it's funny well that's fun too though yeah yeah no it's great it's great yeah that's good get ready for tips and tricks um, what kind of tips and tricks would you like to share that you've been working on lately um, around the shop? I, I got a one tip. I, I kind of a trick. I, I kind of did. I came up with, uh, I don't know if you saw that tweet today. There was that T handle. That's uh, it. It's actually like 21 foot pounds. Oh uh, yeah. 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 Yep. T handle. And uh, it actually, Torx bed knife screws really nice and it actually it's really quick because you can spin them in quick with the handle mm-hmm. then you can just go through them and all it is is it, it clicks it kind of just goes to the point and it like it, you put a little mark on it and it locks right, right. right. is it a, right is it is it it is adjustable but it's like it's a torque spring so mm-hmm. you know as you tighten it it moves and it has adjust it has numbers on it that they tuned into it so they machined it. It's more for, it was, I found it because it's for motorcycles, for mm-hmm. spark plugs and stuff like that on a motorcycle a okay. speed for doing motorcycles for race motorcycles. And I, I was thumbing through and I came upon it and I was like, wow, that's pretty neat. So I put uh, a bit on it and I actually took a torque wrench and set it in, put it in a um, aluminum set of vices, took it, took a torque wrench, put it on top and brought the torque wrench. And as I brought it to, digital 21 pounds mm-hmm. i put a mark on it and at that mark and then it goes I and mean, you just bring it right to that thing and you just go doom, doom, right down the line and it's super quick because you can spin it with your fingers to bring the screw right in you bring right, it right. All around and then you just go back and torque them so it's a little quicker than a torque wrench so and you don't have to then you know so right what uh what kind of money are you talking for those they come about in a, a set about right 120 bucks Okay. So wasn't yeah, yeah. wasn't too bad. You, they they come in a set, or you can you can buy just one, and they might have come down in price. And I actually contacted the company to try to get them to make one just for the you know to make it a little shorter. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he kind of hemmed around because he didn't understand what it was for. But I've I've talked to him a couple times, and I'm trying to get him to do it at, maybe someday. But uh, it it would if it was a little shorter, it would be a little bit easier to handle, you know. But it's yeah. because what they did is when they built it, they ha- put that length in it to make it so what it would torque properly, you know, so right, it would right, be right. A, an engineering thing that they'd have to do. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, you, I would, if I was going to buy one, I bought the quarter inch 
one and I bought the three eights. You just need the three eights one and you can buy that separately. You can get them on Amazon. You don't even have okay. to, you know, you can plug that in and you get them on Amazon. I think they're like 120 to uh, they, they realm. It's like 120 to 180. You can kind of find them. Okay. But, uh, I that. And then uh, one of the other tricks was, is, I don't know if guys have the Toro, you know, the fairway mower in that. And it's really hard to grab onto that, to the um, bed knife. So, um, you can't put it in the vice. It's always slipping off. The guys are always messing with it. So I came up with a jig and I, I built a jig that basically is the same thing as on your, like uh, on um, an old burn hard grinder. So the piece mm-hmm. slides in and it has the two ears and it comes in and it locks in the two ears and basically yeah, yeah, yeah. flips it upside down and it just clamps and it locks it in place. So you can put the bed knife in and it holds it in place. So you never drop the bed knife. So that was and another trick I came is, up with. Is that mounted to your bench or you mount Yeah, that? I just have it mounted to the bench and uh, it's off to the side where mm-hmm. we set up to do our grinding. We have a, like a little grinding room area kind of slash. It's open where my lathe in the middle of the stuff is, but that's okay. where the grinders are. And then we just have a little table set up there and he, whoever's going, usually the assistant does them quick. And, or if uh, the intern's there, I teach him how to do it because it's, you know, once you mm-hmm. get it going. The biggest thing is you got to do it. And back in the day, I used to use an impact gun. And I know now it's like everybody talks about it, especially with the new, those hardened bed knives, you can't touch them with an impact gun. If you even torque them too much, they usually the ears crack because of the, the pressure they're putting on them. Yeah. And then, yeah you know, yeah. yeah so. And yeah. I, I don't, I mean, the industry, I think has definitely changed because I mean, about well, back in the day, you know, back in the remember, day, that's... I was taught, I was taught back in the day, you take a, you take a punch and you smack it with a punch. Oh yeah. 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 And everybody did that. And then tighten it back up. You gave a little tap with a punch and I, and I was like, this is not the greatest way to do it. So I, I always had a butterfly impact gun, you know, the little butterflies. That's that's, That's what I used forever. And then, you know, as these newer and harder bed knives came out and I went, you know, I was, if they were cracking the edges and then when it's an $80 bed knife and you crack the two ends because you're not torquing it properly and you're not doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with our heights now that we're trying to get so tight and, you know, everybody talks about appearance of cut and everything. Um, I started to talk, torquing them. So, and then, right. you know, they, now they talk about torquing. You always were taught to torque from the middle and work your way right. out. And now mm-hmm. they want you to torque, the two ends and then go to the middle and work your way out so it's right, you know right. it's, it's a crazy yep. you know things that you know so keeping up with the joneses sometimes is hard to to do so right and the reel's only been out for what 200 years 200 years yeah yeah and then, so, you know every so. every time we add a couple more blades to it and try to make it even better you know so right. let's exactly. get lower let's try to get lower sooner or later we can't get any more you can't get any lower you know right. we're cutting it dirt you know you're dirt basically you know yep that's right um will you tell us about the robotics program and what all Um, you do with them and i another question i have sorry to bombard you here but i do want to know is g code is it just for cnc or you were talking about your son writing code for uh, yeah, he program. writes code. For, well, he's he um we we're lucky. The robotics program um it's been going on for a long, long time. Uh, first robotics has been around for a long time. There's many of them out there, different ones, but we did first. We have um it's kind of a special thing. I guess in '95 I graduated in '93, so '95 missed it by two years, but I graduated in 
93 and 95, um, one of our shop teachers came upon it and they had a program for robotics. And at 95, they started this program and they basically, it was like you built a robot and it crashed into each other and they, they fought, they were fighting mm -hmm. robots at that time. And um, so you used to rotate the numbers so that they would give you a team number and it would rotate. So then around, <clears throat> I guess like five years into it, around 2000 or maybe even less, maybe it was a uh, 98 or so the um, they assigned you numbers. So we got assigned 28 team 28. So that's our mm -hmm. number. But now in the world, there's, we're up to 9,000 numbers. Oh, wow. Well, there's about 9,000 teams worldwide that come to compete. So there's different, all aspects of robots, like, you know, John Deere sponsors teams, and then there's all these different sponsors. So my son was eight, um, in eighth grade and they like offered this class to him. And uh, the person that who was doing it um, in town was a mentor. They, uh, he's like, my kids went through it. I'm done. I, I, I've done enough. So um, my son said to the, the teacher and said, uh, does anybody know anybody who can do anything? And my son's like, my dad's kind of handy. He can, mm -hmm. uh, he can help out a little bit. And uh, that's where it went. And it, it started out, you know, I, I never thought that it would be so cool to be able to teach these kids, you know, and like yeah. I said, I, I think I learned just as much from them as they learned from me, just different things. You know what I mean? I teach them the old school ways of saying things. And, you know, some people, some of them don't even know how to use like a, what a Phillips head screwdriver is you right, know? Right, right. So starting out from like scratch, you know, and you're trying to bring them up. And, and then, you know, we, we, uh, like I said, this teacher brought in this machine and we were working with him and he worked with us on the robot for one year. And we had a great robot that year. It was an awesome robot. We all worked out well, well, and uh, we actually won an invention award. We um, got to, uh, we made a vacuum pump out of a G old GM pump, mm -hmm. air pump. And we turned it around in a, a vein motor and we turned it into a vacuum pump and we used it to um, make a suction so we could raise our robot up onto this platform and, uh, okay yeah, yeah, yeah so it was like it was a really cool thing and that was um kind of what happened and that's how it started you know and so, how long have you been doing that uh five years now okay so now it, and it's moved through so now i'm the head mentor of the team and uh Col my son colby's going to be graduating this year um and i'm thinking my daughter's going to come aboard She's just be a ninth grade. She would have been helping us this year, but because of COVID, everything's so crazy. So it's yeah, kind yeah. of a crazy whole thing. We're not actually even getting to go to a competition. And this year would have been really crazy because we had, I had six seniors this year that started with me in eighth grade. Oh, that's awesome. It was like, it was like the Super Bowl. It would have been like the Super Bowl for us because we probably would have got to make a really cool robot because mm -hmm. they basically started out not knowing anything. And then we had like a pod that knew how to write the code you know, and they use Java for that. They're using Java to write the code. And then they, um, and then we had a build team. So the team, like we taught them from, I told them scratch, like how to solder from soldering to what a screwdriver was basically, mm -hmm. you know, and how to hold the screwdriver and how to, what to use it for. And, um, uh, you know, it, that's, that's, you know, like kind of my passion. So it, it's I, don't, I mean, that is so incredible to hear. And I mean, I'm thankful that you're doing something like that. And I could only imagine what these kids are going to say when they get to be 25 or 30 years old 
And, you know, they start looking back, like, where did I learn all this stuff? Oh man, those old JR taught me all that. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, mean, that's no, so awesome. That's yeah, gotta be you know, cool it's, and, and, and the thing is, is that it's, it's, it, I think it's more fun for me because I love to teach, you know, I, th I, I didn't think I was, my wife is a teacher and, uh, you know, she was like, well, I think you could do it. You know, I, I'm not great. I was never great in school. I wasn't a great student. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't super book smart, had a lot of common sense and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and I applied it. And I think that's where it got me to, you know, common sense sometimes gets you a little farther than book smart, but oh, yeah. you know, everything, every way around, you know, you know, so, um, but, uh, yeah, the kids, I think they enjoy it. I, I, I might enjoy it more than they do, but this year was definitely tough with the COVID. It was a rough go. You know, we've, we've had yeah. some things we actually, the robot we built last year, COVID struck and we never even got to use it. Yeah. So we actually took it apart this year again. And actually next we have break next week. And then the following week we're going to go in and we're going to actually rebuild the whole thing in two weeks. Cause you have like a, it's like, that's something like they do with it is uh, they, they only give you six weeks basically to build the robot, to be able to do a competition. Mm -hmm. So the last two weeks are always like the hammer weeks that to build the robot. So we're going to do that. So the younger kids get to understand the experience of it. So that's right, right. I got you. Going to try to do, so they can then drive it and crash it and break it and have fun with it. So that's awesome. That is. Um, anything else you want to talk about? It's a it's I mean, an open floor. Yeah, I, I um I do have um something I'm trying to work on with um some of the younger kids. Like I said, I have the kids I get to work with at the school with robotics, but I'm trying to start a program in the industry, in the turf industry, because, you know, we're all hurting for technicians. They're, they're, everybody's looking for one. There's never one around, you know, and some of the kids, you know, they, they don't even know about a golf course. You'll talk to them and uh, what's a golf course. What do you fix golf carts? What do you right, do right. there? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you work on golf carts? No, but I, I work on from a skid steer to a mini excavator to right mowers to a weed whacker one minute you know you you never know what you're pulling out you know there's so many different things and um so i've been bringing them in i, I have like three or four that we've gotten to do um two of them now are head technicians one is over in shelter island and the other one my flat one of the other ones in california so um awesome. moved it. yeah i got two and then my nephew he's um he was my intern for two years and now he's moved on to another course he's uh like an assistant under another mechanic mm -hmm. just did that to try to help out to maybe make it so he would listen to somebody else besides listening to me right, right, i right. just have a new um guy that i brought in and he's uh he was 16 last year and he's 17 and he wants to come back I guess I did something right. He's coming back. So awesome. uh, he wants to learn the trade. So, you know, I'm, I'm trying and I, I try to reach out to different people, anybody, anybody who is interested, anybody listening, we could get some kids and you could talk to your superintendent. I mean, if they think about it, they bring interns in, they do it all the time for turf. I mean, I think they need to think about it for their, their interns that they're bringing in and they're trying to teach. They need to have an intern technician. If you think about it, to bring it in, to, oh yeah for sure for them to have some of their their assistance to have somebody down the road you know because mm -hmm. if not they're not going to have anybody and you know once you get them hooked and once you get them there and they get to drive around the golf course and they see what we do and the things that go on at a golf course it's it's pretty cool you know? yeah no it is very very cool um how can the listeners get a hold of you um well what's the uh, best way best way i guess you could use my uh my noyak uh, it's jr 
at noyakgolfclub.com. Um, okay. That's my email. Send me and, an email. Um, yeah, I'm on Twitter. You can just look me up as J.R. Wilson74, um, and it'll come up. And, okay. Uh, you can hit awesome. me up there. And I know from experience because I've reached out to you before and uh, you're always willing to help. And uh, I try to be the same way. And I think yeah, those guys in our industry are that know, way too. Love, I think even if it's something I don't know, I always love to hear what happened if I didn't get the right answer. What what did happen so I can hear, to, so I know what's in the memory right, bank right. of things, you know, because yep. troubleshooting sometimes, you know, like we say, we you start one way, you know, and you always, you know, sometimes we go, oh, it's this. And you go right to that point and it's never, you know, it's not always that it's something else, you know, it's right. sometimes you yeah. get it in your head. Like you, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta think to yourself, okay, back up and let's start from the beginning. You know, I try to, every time I go to a problem, I don't think about what it was the last time I try to think about it being what it is, you know, coming up, right, right. Am I coming yeah, yeah. To, you know, well, so. um, short story when I worked for the Toro distributor as a field service tech, um, there was a guy that had been in the shop um, and worked for the Toro distributor. He'd actually worked for like three different distributors <laughs> because it changed stands. was always Toro. So he'd been there like 35 years. And this guy just knows everything there is to know about Toro. So I would be in the field and I would get stumped. So I would, I'm calling William. Well, and it was funny. So I would ask William a question. And he wouldn't necessarily tell me exactly what the problem was all the time, but just talking to him, you know, it was like a light bulb went off and I'd say, Oh, I bet it's this, you know? Right. And, right. and a lot of times that would be what it was. I think and that's it, the thing too, is I'm sorry to cut you off there, but no, go ahead. that's one of the things that if you think about it is it's always nice to bounce an idea off of somebody. Oh, yeah, you, could, for sure. you, you know what I mean? If you, if you can reach out to somebody, even if you have a couple guys around you and you, every once in a while you can go, Oh, you know, Oh, wow. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then you bounce it off and then you think about it and it might not even be what he suggests, but right, it might exactly. bring you to a different way in the backside mm -hmm. of the back door to get you to that point, to get you the light bulb. Like you said, to pop yep. off, you know, that's awesome. And, uh, yep. Good tips. That's one thing I really like to do is always is we like to do a lot of stuff in house. I don't really like to send things out. I'm not no. a big, that big no. guy to send things out. I'm, I, I guess my pride gets into my, sometimes I get myself in trouble, but, uh, you know, we try to do it all in, you know, that's one thing I like to do. So. I agree a hundred percent. And, uh, every time I have to send something out, just like the current problem I'm working on with a Kubota tractor and a tier four issue and proprietary software, yeah. I get aggravated. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for coming on the thank podcast, JR. This has been yeah. great. Awesome. Always a pleasure yeah. to talk to you and, um, thank all the listeners for listening i hope you enjoyed this and yeah, thank uh, you I, I, like i said please reach out if anybody needs anything and uh I, anybody has anybody who wants internships or anybody wants anybody you know one thing to think about too is that uh reach out to your to school go to the guidance counselors because the guidance counselors are always looking for um jobs for people summer jobs for kids they always yeah, have those postings so if you could just go to the, that's where we go now. We go to the um, guidance counselors. We have two schools and mm -hmm. we talk to the two schools and we get some kids from there. So just, you know, anybody. That's awesome. That. Yeah. Yep. All right. Thank you, JR. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. All right. Sounds good. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed that. Tune in next week when we're talking to Brian Bressler from Madonna. Thank you so much for listening to the Real Turf Techs podcast. 
I hope you learned something today. Don't forget to subscribe. If you have any topics you would like to discuss or you'd like to be a guest, find us on Twitter at Real Turf Text. See you bye.